Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Desgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now, here's our show. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast. And what is this a podcast of? It's a podcast of happiness and wellness and positive stories that are motivating and uplifting. And it's really about educating the general public about, you know, good health. But I'll tell you what, the best part about having your own podcast is you can invite your own friends. And today we have a very special guest who happens to be a very good friend of mine and my wife, Michelle. We have Southern California's favorite meteorologist from ABC7 News, Dallas Rains. But before we talk to Dallas, you know, there is a routine here at the Dr. Raj podcast. We got to read that bio first, okay? So here we go. So, Chief Meteorologist Dallas Rains has been forecasting the Southlands weather for ABC7 since July of 1984. Dallas has received the seal of approval from the American Meteorological Society and has been awarded the Elite Certified Broadcast Meteorologist seal from the American Meteorological Society. The personable Earth scientist has earned numerous awards for outstanding coverage of weather events, including Best Weather Presenter, World Competition, which was in Paris and France, uh, winner of the Golden Mike Award for Best Weathercast in Southern California, winner of Best Weathercast by Associated Press, winner of Overall Excellence LA Press Club, most popular on-air newscaster, and that's KIIS KISS Radio, Outstanding Coverage Award for Hurricane Frederick by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, Dallas has an undergraduate degree in communications and earth science, and he continues to take some graduate level courses in climatology. Dallas loves storm chasing, has tracked many powerful storms and tornadoes across the Midwest in Tornado Alley. Dallas is a committed philanthropist. He concentrates on the welfare and care and interests of children. He has authored a series of children's books to introduce weather and geographic concepts to young readers. Chester and the Hot Air Balloon, which was written by Dallas and Danny Rains. Reading to children is, is one of Dallas's greatest joy. Dallas is an avid athlete, enjoys hiking, tennis, golf, weightlifting. Dallas had the privilege of being a walk-on quarterback at Florida State University. Dallas also enjoys automobile road racing. He has a Sports Car Club of America regional license, which allows him to compete at the uh, Willow Spring Track. And the fun fact before we end this is that Dallas Reigns, you know what? It's actually his real name. So (laughs) he was born to do the weather. And with that being said, (laughs) Dallas, how are you doing? (laughs) Oh my goodness, Raj. I love all those wonderful accolades. And I was, I was thinking now if I could just get the forecast, right. That's. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. It's so great to be here with you, my friend. Good grief. And, and you know, this is the kind of podcast that I want to be on. One that's uplifting, positive, we're having a great time. If we can make someone's life a little bit brighter, including our own, that's great, isn't it? 
I, and I meant everything I said. I think that I want people are just nice. And you're the, we you know, for people who do get to know you, when I bump into you in the gym or just walking yes. around, locking out, you're as nice in person. And oh, you just want to run up to you and give you a big hug. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel the same thing about <laughs> you too, guys. I mean, it's a, look, look, we're blessed to do what we do, which is amazing. And, you know, you're talking about my early life as uh, I became interested in the weather rice when I was a little boy. Oh. And uh, back in Georgia, where they yeah. have real weather, like tornadoes and hurricanes. <laughs> I don't know how I ended up in this wonderful Mediterranean climate, but <laughs> only God knows the answer to that. But, um, you know, I was interested in the weather from when I was about the sixth grade. I had this awesome event that happened, Raj. I was mm-hmm. I was uh, in school in a classroom. So kind of imagine we had this big window looking out west of town. And the principal came on and said, there's a tornado warning for your area. Let's all get into the basement immediately. Mm. And so I thought it'd be a good idea, Raj, if I like Mm. crawled in the back of the room in this closet. And I stayed in there until everyone had left downstairs. And then I went to the window and looking out to the Mm. west, this boiling cauldron of clouds rotating around it was actually a what we call a funnel cloud it's okay. not a tornado yes and uh, yet until it touches the ground ah okay it's a that. funnel cloud okay these are blowing and, and and i'm looking at it i'm going oh my gosh this is so incredible and then all of a sudden i'm lifted up but it's Coach McElby, the football coach. <laughs> He's going, you are one crazy You got me there. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I can see why you got into writing. I mean, the way you describe that one scene, I'm like, wow, you're <sighs> visual. I'm like closing my eyes on this side of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what makes the weather and climate. It's just so dynamic to me. And I, the, my mom and dad, of course, I was in the sixth grade, so I couldn't drive, Raj. And so... Mm-hmm. It, the the funnel cloud actually touched down in a pecan orchard. I don't know if you've ever seen a pecan tree. Oh, no, that, I have they, not, actually. They're, they're grown. In, I know you've eaten them. <laughs> of course. They're huge trees. They're, okay. maybe, they're maybe two or three feet in diameter, and there's a whole you know, orchard of them. Mm-hmm. And this tornado touched down in there and just ripped these trees right out of the ground. And I just stood there looking at them, and I said, wow, Mother Nature can do this. And it just, it, it stuck with me. And the next thing I know, I was reading in my world book encyclopedias, <laughs> reading about weather and climate. So it all kind of started that way. Wow. But, but you know how blessed that is that we get to do things that we love to do. That's and they true. Still, and they still pay us, which is awesome. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> so with that being said, I know you did, you went to Florida State University. So yes, I guess, yes. you know, yes. studying about you before our interview, be honest, what okay. did you want to do at Florida State? Did you want to be a quarterback and be on the football team or did you want to pursue Weller? I went to Florida State to mm-hmm. study meteorology first because at the okay. time, back in the 70s, um, Florida State was the only meteorology school in the southeastern U.S. And they're pretty rare. Even in California today, uh, only a few schools have meteorology departments. So if you want to do meteorology, what, what what would be the core classes that someone oh, would need to take boy, you, to be a meteorologist? Well, you know, talking about a shock, that was my shock because I love the weather and the clouds going yeah. by. And my first class I went into, Raj, you'll love this. It's probably like when you went into organic or inorganic chemistry. I go in and uh, Dr. Gleason has 
And this was back in the day when we had chalkboards, right? <laughs> so we had no computers. <laughs> and he had he had written all these thermodynamic equations on the board, the, the Coriolis parameters and all this stuff on the board. And he said, if you think that meteorology is looking at the clouds, you need to drop ad, right? <laughs> <laughs> we were all petrified. And uh, meteorology is basically the study of atmospheric physics. Okay. So I was surrounded. I was not that smart, Raj. I'm going to tell you right off the bat. I was just an average student, but I was surrounded by brilliant people. So I just made friends with brilliant people. (laughs) The the osmosis theory. You know what I mean? Let them hang out with you. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, you know, so for for meteorology and climatology and any of those uh, atmospheric sciences, there's a lot of math and physics involved uh in the, the foundation you know before you can take certain classes but uh, that's the way it was so let, let's fast forward after college you know what i mean i know you started your career in new orleans and yes. um i guess the question is i've been there before they have a wonderful jazz fest you know yes, so did you ever get a chance to go back there eat some crawfish you know i haven't been back in a while it's it but because the last time i visited i went back and visited my mom in georgia okay uh, because that's where i grew up in georgia and florida but new orleans is one of my favorite cities it has to be it has to isn't be isn't it great i mean the food is magnificent and it's old french culture yep. uh, there and you've got the southern you got a mixture of southern cajun i mean it's really a neat city and I would uh, recommend anyone who hasn't visited New Orleans go down and, and try it out and and see it because there's nothing more fun than than going down into New Orleans at the, at the, the French people, Quarter, the French Quarter, yeah, you know, having some good French food and Cajun food and, and and listening to jazz music. It's just the best. It's really good. As a matter of fact, I'm surprised, and it may already exist. I just don't know it. Of someone who has some entrepreneur who has put together like a little piece of New Orleans in Southern California. You know, we should, we should research that, my friend. No, definitely. You know, I read that you spent some time with CNN and CNN has been Mm -hmm. super nice to me, you know, and what motivated you to move from doing your stuff at CNN to (sighs) come here to, Los Angeles. I'm happier in Los Angeles. You belong here, but you're right. You know, you're right, Raj. And and when I when I was there, also it was great because that's where all my family is in Georgia and in and around Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And so CNN was in Atlanta. Ted Turner, actually, you know, Ted Turner. When I went to work, I was actually working for Ted Turner, which was really really cool. I would come into the weather office, Raj. You would love this. I'd walk in at at twelve thirty, one o'clock in the afternoon. And Ted Turner would be sitting in the weather center. No kidding. You know, he was a great sailor. He won the America's Cup. I mean, that's, I mean, yes, he did. Oh. So I would, I would come in and Ted would be sitting there in the office and going, well, I need to, to find out what the weather is going to be off Nantucket this weekend because I'm going to be sailing up there. You know, and he was such a great character. So it seemed like the perfect fit for me. Yeah. In Atlanta, I was doing uh, national weather, mm-hmm. world weather. Uh, but then I had this great offer to go to do Good Morning America in New York. And so it didn't work out because um, I had a contract with Ted Turner. And Ted says, well, um, you have a contract with me and stay with me. Because if you stay with me, we're going to be bigger than all the networks. 
we're going to be bigger than ABC, CBS, NBC. Yeah. We're going to be the biggest, you know. And so uh, I stayed with Ted. But then when my contract came up for renewal, I had they said, well, we're going to put you at an O&O, which means an owned and operated station. And okay. AABC is an owned and operated station by ABC. So it's a, it's a network-owned station. But at any rate, so I had this great offer, and I told my my wife, I said, I've, I've only seen pictures. I'd never been to Southern California, and I'd never been in a Mediterranean climate that I had studied. And I said, I've got to go. i got to go try it out. <laughs> so I went and came and just never left. But it's been a wonderful career here. Um, the challenge has been trying to figure out how to make morning clouds and afternoon sun really exciting. And let me just say this, we know what, you know, you've been doing this here since 1984. And it's, you really are, in my opinion, one of the icons when it comes to weather. And it is a treat to talk to. I know you're my friend. And sometimes I forget that when I was growing up and you're the one who let me know if I could play soccer outdoor or not. Yes, <laughs> yes of course I did something good to help you out. You're awesome. <laughs> so who do you look up to in the field of meteorology? Like, do you have someone's like poster on your wall that you're like, hey, this is my guy or girl, whatever it is. <laughs> Other kids have maybe football players or uh, yeah. famous musicians. I have Benjamin Franklin. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> was he holding the kite? Was he, was he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin was the first meteorologist in America. Nice. And he, he's our guy, mm -hmm. you know, and he was the one who was studying nor'easters, back in the uh, 13 original colonies. And and that's my guy, is Benjamin <laughs> Franklin. <laughs> that's funny. And let me, let me, on a side note, now that you brought it up. So, my you know, my wife, Michelle, the rheumatologist, she has a joke about gout. So she always says that gout is kind of painful if anyone listening ever has got gout. She said wow. that gout is similar to Benjamin Franklin when he was getting struck by lightning. He says, don't worry, everyone. It's not as bad as my gout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a great quote, and it's and, and I hear it's true. So, anyways, just remind me. Michelle, of course, has taken care of me with I, I have some arthritis, and uh, there have been there, initially when I first had the uh, the blessing of meeting your lovely bride. Mm -hmm. I I knew I had gout. My toes were swollen. This is gonna be it. It's my life is over. But now I'm in great shape. Nice. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks to Michelle. No, no, uh, but she's going to hear it. She's going to hear it on the podcast. Well, let me do this. You know, now that we got to know you a little bit better, I want to make sure that we ask some weather questions because I love okay. asking the pro. So kind of broad, I don't know how you're going to feel this one. So how do you predict the weather? Well, you know what it is now, Raj, it used to be back in the day, I had all these weather maps on the wall in my office and I was drawing on them, doing what we call synoptic analysis. Oh. I'm drawing little colors yeah. and things like that. <laughs> but nowadays we all, it's all computer. Okay. So, so I go in, I have my computer and I call up all of these. First of all, I start with looking at what the weather is actually doing right now. Okay. There's nothing worse than a meteorologist sitting in a closed office and, uh, you know, he or she doesn't know that it's raining outside. That's hilarious. Because <laughs> they didn't look out the window. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, so I look and see what's currently going on. And then I start looking at these numerical models. And we have a bunch of them. We have some that are from Europe, European models. We have American models. The Navy has its own models. And these are all numerical models which try to simulate the atmosphere 
down the road, 24, 36, 48 hours and beyond. And so then I look at all those and say, okay, what is actually going on in the atmosphere down the road? And that's, that's the beginning. That's kind of the foundation. And then as a meteorologist, once I see what all these different waves are doing in the atmosphere, then I try to use my experience to say, okay, well, I've seen this situation before or something similar. And then I try to come up with the forecast for the temperature, you know, the cloud cover, whether or not it's going to rain, uh, whether it's going to rain heavy or whatever. So those are kind of how you do it. And it takes me about an hour and a half to two hours to really do that right. Mm-hmm. And I like to do my own forecasting and analysis. Of course, you know the National Weather Service. I have plenty of friends and colleagues out there. I'm but sure I don't do. I don't really try to consult them until I've done my own. No, that's good. And, and then after I do my own, then I'll look and see what they're up to, what they say. And sometimes I know most of the other guys out there and gals out there, and I will call them if I see something, you know, that I think, oh, I don't, I don't agree with you here, whatever. Now, I'm going to throw an audible question in here. Okay. So I always wonder, you know, when you, I'm watching you or some of the other news, weather dudes and dudettes, yeah. like they're like predicting two weeks out sometimes. I'm like, wait a minute. Now, yeah. would you say yeah. that with all your instrumentation, are you pretty solid for like the first like five, seven days? Does it get a little guessing oriented once you're like, wait a minute, the two week forecast? You know what I mean? It's, it's a big educated guess, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, look, you get beyond about five, six days. Mm-hmm. You know, it is science, but it, it we don't know. Okay. And, and generally, the way I do it is like the last one I did, which was of a two-week deal, was for this rain that we just had. Yeah, yeah, of course. Two weeks ago, back in mid-November, I detected a change in the what we call the long wave pattern. These are these big atmospheric waves that move around the hemisphere. And I will go out on the limb sometimes and say, hey, it's going to be a change the 1st of December. We're going to see rain and snow. And and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Okay. This time it actually did. Good and Mark Brown, and I love Mark Brown. God bless him. He always gives me credit for it. He's cool. I love him too. But to, to feel really good about your forecast, my forecast anyway, beyond about five, six, day seven is a stretch. But you know, I think people really get weather. You know, yeah. everybody out there gets it. They 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 drive down the street and it's pouring, raining, and they go another two blocks and the sun is shining. So <laughs> in their world, they say, yeah. my gosh, how can you forecast for a huge area when it's doing this just in my little world? No and so I think people are really sympathetic and give weather forecasters and meteorologists a, you know, give us a nice berth <laughs> on, on, on that seven day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I got, no, I'm going to play off of this. So, you okay. know, let's talk about some weather instruments. And I know you mentioned computers, but yes. I had this feeling like, you know how doctors in the olden days had like a doctor bag and there was whatever. Yes. Tell me you have some kind of, is there instruments? Do you have like these crazy Doc Brown back to the future toys you play with? To- yes, they're out there. They're at my house. They, and okay, my cool. Wife, my wife can't stand it because they're all over the place. They're kind of tacky looking. You know, these <laughs> big round gauges and little instruments. They're like little anemometers that are whirling around all in the backyard. <laughs> it's so true. It's like back to the future. Especially that, that's what I imagine. Up. I yeah. imagine you going to the backyard with holding up something. and <laughs> yeah, No, I do that. I have a sling psychrometer. What? It's a cool little instrument. They're okay. like two two thermometers on it okay and and you wet one of the bulbs on it and you spin it around in the air 
And you should see me when I get up in the morning and, and mm-hmm. you know, I haven't brushed my hair. <laughs> I go outside and, and hair is everywhere. And, you know, and I'm spinning this thing around and, and my wife just goes, there he goes, man. That is a weather nerd from way back. <laughs> but but it but I do. I have the whole thing. I have a psychrometer, I have a barometer, aneroid barometer, wow. I have thermometers, of course, mm-hmm. and I have uh, wind vanes everywhere. I love wind vanes. <laughs> and the last big center of wind yeah. blew one of my wind vanes, ripped it off and blew it all the way down to El Segundo. That's some powerful wind, man. <laughs> now everything is very app you know me i'm looking at my phone while i'm talking yeah. to you there's, an, there's, a, there's a weather app on my phone right now so, i know i know i have uh <laughs> the only one i really i have the abc7 app of course of but course. i have uh, <laughs> the one the one i really love is my what i call radar scope radar scope sounds kind of cool radar scope is really mm-hmm. cool radar mm-hmm. allows me to go into any of the national weather service next rad radars anywhere in the country Okay. And I can touch on it. Like if I want to look at the weather in, in Lubbock, Texas, I can see the radar facility out there. And I love that thing, man. I get into that and I'm looking at that thing rise yeah. all the time. Yeah, weather apps are cool. And I like it because more and more people are becoming weather nerds like me. <laughs> they, yeah, it's true. You know, they get these little apps on their phone yeah. and, and the next thing they're looking at satellite images and they're going like, wow, this is kind of fun to follow the weather. And that's what I've always wanted to do in my broadcast is to go a little deeper in the maybe a little bit of the science of the weather, like the polar jet streams, the subtropical jet streams, El Nino, La Nina. And I feel like if I get the audience interested in that and they see how exciting and thrilling it is, that they want to view more, you know, they're more interested in the weather broadcast. <laughs> um, and I just want to compliment you on what you just said about, you know, going on TV news, there's only a finite amount of time you have yes, and to try yes. to captivate people. You yes. do such a good job because we get you mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a time zone and there I is. think you do an awesome job in, in getting people pumped up. I do. I get so excited about it. And you're right. I get about, well, I'm supposed to only get about 2.30 to 2.45, but my poor producers are always going, you got to give him an extra 15 seconds because if you don't, he's going to take it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but I, I just love all my producers because they know, you know, that once I get in it, sometimes I get lost. What do you think the most important thing a meteorologist such as yourself can do to help the public? What are the things? Now that's that's absolutely everything, Raj, because when I worked back at CNN and in New Orleans, you know, we were in New Orleans, for instance, we we're in hurricane season six months out of the year. Yes. And they had flash flooding, lightning storms, a lot of severe weather. And so that was the number one thing that I had to do as a meteorologist. Now, when I came here to Southern California, I had to adapt a little bit there because we don't have as many severe weather events But if you look at over the course of time, when we do have a severe weather event, whether it's a flash flood where it can be very dangerous or we have snow. And here's another thing, too, Raj, that Uh I discovered pretty quickly is that in Southern California, what I call killer drizzle, when killer drizzle hits on a Monday morning, we have like 150 car accidents. It's almost like me forecasting tornadoes in, in New Orleans or hurricanes. I mean, if it's going to rain, I mean, not even heavy rain, it kind of creates a disturbance 
across yeah. all of Southern California. But then again, interesting. I like that the killer drizzle. Killer drizzle. <laughs> and you got to get that right too, because yeah. that makes a huge difference for all our commuters. But but another thing has become in 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 our world is fire weather. Okay. So now we know that. Uh-huh. That fires in Southern California, once they get started, if they're driven by the weather, it's critical that we get that information out there to our viewers. It's really important. So it's almost like our tornadoes and hurricanes has become fire weather and, and that kind of situation. So that's the that's the best feeling yeah. is, um, you know, warning people, warning our viewers and giving them a heads up. No, and you know, and especially when you come in the morning or after work, whatever your shift is, you want people to be happy when they see you on TV. Oh, oh, no doubt. You know, it makes a difference in your mood. If you're not pumped and you're depressed about the weather, then I'm going to be depressed going out the door, you know? No, no, that's not going to happen. That's (laughs) not going to happen. You know, if there's a fire, of course, it's a a more serious delivery. Of course, yeah. And we all know that. But once, um, if it's not a fire situation, to me, it's all about the world of weather that we live in and how exciting it is and how it's going to affect your weekend. Another thing too, Raj, you got to realize is that we have a 13 to 14 microclimates right here in Southern California. We have beaches, we have alpine climates, we have desert climates and all of these climates. When you're watching from home, that is your climate. (laughs) If If you're living in, you know, Palmdale, Lancaster, your climate is not, um, the same climate as Santa Monica. Of course not. So you've got to cover all those climates for all of our viewers and make sure they know what they're going to get for that day. It's oh, a well, challenge. It is. So, you know, I'm sure everyone has seen you already, but just in case, you got some moves on TV and I didn't realize there were names for your moves. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I got to say these, I got to say the names first. So yeah, no, I love What did you come up with the... Uh, the Dallas Dip. The Dallas Dip was given to me. I just do it, Raj. And all these clever people out there in the world see it, and then they give me the name. But the Dallas Dip is because when you're looking at a map of the West, you've got Seattle up here at the top. Of course. And you've got, you know, Southern California. And I got to get down because I like to draw. I electronically okay. draw the winds and the high-pressure areas. And so in order to get down wherever I'm going to, I got to get down there. So that became like the Dallas dip. I love it. I practiced that. You did. Now, what, yeah. what, what about the, the swirl and the fist pump? The fist pump is just, for me, is the excitement of weather, yeah. the excitement of life. We're all here together to help each other. And it's like, check this out. It's going to be 95 degrees tomorrow. Or check this out. It's going to be raining cats and dogs. <laughs> and here it is. <laughs> Get ready for it. Let's all get ready. So that's more of kind of an enthusiasm of the excitement of weather. There's a golf swing in there too. I, I put the golf swing in there because I <laughs> love golf. It's like I'm I'm terrible at it. I didn't start young. I was throwing footballs. Of course. In, in, in baseballs instead mm-hmm. of playing golf. I wish I'd have played golf. If I had to go over it again, I always tell. And I have a grand, when I'm going to have a grandson, I have a little granddaughter right now. Oh, but when I have a grandson or granddaughter, I'm going to say you guys play golf. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot better. It's a lot better on your rotator cuff. <laughs> and, you know, you're you don't get all these broken bones. That's <laughs> true. That's true. So, but I love football. You know, I love football. This might be a hard question for you because you won't be able to narrow it down. So, okay. what is going to be your favorite and least favorite part about 
being a meteorologist, weather a weatherman. I have so many. I could go over the the fun things about it forever. We've already taught a couple mm-hmm. of those, but I think the most difficult thing is I don't like to miss the forecast, Raj. That's bad. Now, that give really, me some percentages. How good? How awesome are you at nailing it? And what's your what's your percentage? You know what I mean. Twenty four hour forecast, pretty good. Nice. I, I hope this doesn't sound like boasting, but man, it's up in the upper nineties percent. On Bam. 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then as we talked about, as it gets down to around five, day five, six, and seven, it starts falling off <laughs> somewhere around 50%. But, and I can speak for other, you know, the, my colleagues at the National Weather Service, you know, forecasting the weather is pretty darn good. And people, our viewers and just everyone kind of get spoiled by it. You know, they really do. They kind of get yep. spoiled by the fact that, hey, you should, you've been doing this for a while. You should be able to get it right every time. <laughs> but it's, it's as you know, it's it's really hard. Uh, forecasting is. weather is not easy. And What is your favorite type of weather being the weatherman? <laughs> the fav- my favorite type, Raj, is yeah. going away. Tornado. <laughs> I love tornadoes. And every year I go out with a, a good friend of mine, Bill Reed, who's with Tempest Tours. We go out into the plains. We get out there in Kansas and we get in Oklahoma and we actually chase tornadoes. What? Isn't that crazy? No, it is crazy. As well. No <laughs> one in their right mind would do this. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a quick little story. One time mm-hmm. I was, I'd landed in Denver and I needed to get out into near Goodland, Kansas okay. for a, a possible tornado the next day. Okay. So I'm flying along from the airport. I'm in a rental car and I'm <laughs> flying along trying to get to Goodland, Kansas. It's like one in the morning. And I don't know if you've been in Kansas, but the roads are really straight. And, it, and at midnight, there's not a lot of people out there. And so I'm flying along like going 90 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, I see lights coming from behind me. It's a, highway, a Kansas Highway Patrol officer. Okay. And he pulls me over. And I have all the equipment in there, camera equipment and stuff. And he says, are you one of those tornado chasers? <laughs> I said, yes, officer, I am. And he said, well, here in Kansas, we go the other direction from tornadoes. We don't <laughs> go to them. So he says, I think you're, you know, you may be a little mentally deficient here, so I'm not going to give you a ticket. But yes, I love to go to tornadoes. It's my favorite kind of weather it's yeah, of course you never want to see a tornado hit or destroy anything or hurt anyone, no. but just being out there around them. And in many cases, in most of the tornado chasing I've done over the years, most of the twisters have been out in open fields where really no one has been hurt or damaged because you have a lot of area out there yeah. right, in the plain states where it's unpopulated. Well, you know, it's funny, but the question I was going to ask you after this was okay. going to be about the, a movie that I grew up with called Twister. I'm sure you've yeah. seen it. Um, like awesome. you literally, like I thought you described a, a, a scene of the movie. So you really yeah. have chased storms. And, is yes, that, and no. by the way, do you like the movie? <laughs> yeah, I love the movie. I love the movie. And I think every tornado chaser does. Uh, and people ask, well, what's realistic? What's not realistic? Yeah. Well, the unrealistic part is that the guys are chasing tornadoes every hour. You know? <laughs> it's like you see one, and they're here, they're here, they're there. And the reality is, I took my I took my wife one time <clears throat> tornado chasing, and Danny gets out there, and we had been out there on day four, 
and we'd been eating hamburgers and french fries and and stopping at 7-Elevens. And she said, we haven't even seen a funnel cloud. (laughs) 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 And so so that's the reality of tornado chasing. You can sometimes go. I, I think I went, Raj, maybe two or three years before I actually saw a tornado. And oh, I went wow. every year for, yeah, they're, they're harder to catch than you might think. Now you're making me laugh because you're right. I'm thinking about the movie. They were dropping tornadoes every 30, 40 years. It's just minutes. everywhere. Cows flying through the air. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> now, of, of all the different scary, scary twisters, is there one that just stuck it out to you there? You know what? I'm a little too close. I may pass away yeah. after this one. Yeah, it really was. It was one that uh, Bill got me right under one. This was in southeastern Colorado. And we'd been chasing this this supercell for a while. It was kind of a slow developing supercell. We'd been on it with radar chasing it for about an hour and a half, and it never produced. And all of a sudden, we were right under it. So because we felt comfortable with the cell, so we said, "Okay, this one's we're just going to see the circulation of a supercell mm-hmm. of uh, uh, of this storm." And then all of a sudden, Raj, it was right on top of us. It came down from the uh, the wall cloud and i mean it almost hammered me right there uh, i was pretty afraid i'll have to admit because I, we jumped in the car and we got hit by the rear uh, flank downdraft oh my God. rfd and that thing was a hundred knot wind and the car was going sideways on the road and i said man oh. this, this is too close <laughs> <laughs> i didn't want to be this close it, it's it's a lot of fun but generally I stay a safe distance. Of course, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me, now, it's amazing how time just flew. I want to make sure I ask, you know, two more questions in there. And this yeah, one's going to be not not about like tornadoes, how awesome you are predicting the weather. But yes. I actually love the fact that you and your wife actually wrote a children's book because I have three children, you know, and yes, it's yes. called Chester and the Hot Air Balloon. It came yes. out in September of 2021. Yes. So I never... St- Knew you to be a children's book writer. Can you tell me about this whole adventure? Well, well, the, well the truth is, Raj, I am not. <laughs> but my wife is a great writer. You know, she went to UCLA, and uh, she's a very good writer. And so we decided to do a series. We're working on the series. We're publishing it our own self. So it's uh, by ourselves. So it's a, it's a little more difficult. But we did the first book, and it's basically about Chester exploring the atmosphere in a hot air balloon. It's a great little adventure that Danny has written. Our next one is a tornado chase. Chester goes tornado chasing. So basically, he just does all this nerdy stuff that I do. We turn <laughs> our little our little Bichon into a little nerdy dog. <laughs> and he's happy with it, believe it or not. But it's a lot of fun. And we wanted to do it so that we could get kids interested, young people interested in weather, science, climatology, you know, with with uh, climate change and, and global warming being such a big issue. It is. Uh, it's such a big topic. Uh, we wanted to kind of try to educate, get, get kids interested in all of the earth sciences. That's that's one of, Raj, that's one of my best compliments that I get is when a parent tells me that, hey, my son, my daughter used to watch you when they were young and they ended up being a doctor or a biologist or a seismologist or a volcanologist or a meteorologist. You know, it, it just feels so good to know that my little work there at ABC spurred someone on at a, at a young age to go on and study earth sciences or sciences. 
And that's kind of what we wanted to do with the book, put it out there so people could read. And I love holding a book, you know, and, and reading to your children or your grandchildren. And uh, there's nothing like it. So, so can, can, I, can I find you somewhere, you know, doing a kind of like a promo reading of your book to some kids? Have you done oh, that? Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. We just did one just recently at our little bookstore here in La Cunata. Kids love it. Kids really get it. And Danny and I, we actually do a little acting bit. We bring Chester with us. and You do? It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's really fun. It's really, we enjoy it. We've done schools. If it look, like I said, if it gets kids interested in science and weather, that's great. And that's the blessing that, that I feel God has given me is the ability to communicate something that, uh, you know, that everybody cares and loves something about the weather, mm-hmm. but it's a complicated science. If you can bring it to the point where people are excited about it, enjoy watching it, and bring a little positivity to the TV, that's that's what I love to do. That, that's the great blessing for me. And, you know, you do the same thing in your work. You're just positive and exciting about medicine and, you know, how to keep well and things we can do to get, you know, keep ourselves healthy. Well, thank you. Well, here, here's going to be my last question before I let you go. You're doing the book. Yes. You are an icon uh, doing the weather on ABC7. There's so many things that you could go into. What are your future goals? What are you kind of leaning towards now uh, well, with your passions? I'd, I'd like to get a little bit faster at the racetrack. do you have a car dallas do you have i do i you know i've been a car uh mainly racing i love i love road racing so i have i have a porsche cayman that i race and um i have some fun street cars but i i don't drive that hard on the street it's you know once you once you get on the track i've i felt like wow, this is where I can really use my skills, use my talents that I've been taught and developed. And so on the street, I, I you know, generally don't go very hard on the street. It's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. But, and plus, I have a lot of my friends are CHPs, and they watch it. <laughs> 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 they always say, we're watching you, D. <laughs> that's funny. But uh, that's something I love. I enjoy that. It's one of my great uh, fun hobbies that I do. And, you know, I still enjoy working in football. I, I still enjoy oh. working with receivers and throwing the ball. And just last, uh, on Thanksgiving, I went out with my son and we, um, I ran him to death, got him out on the football field and made him run nine routes for like <laughs> a nine is just like a go. And I got him running like 40, 50 yards down the field, hard as he can go throwing, you know, throwing balls and stuff. So I love that. And I love kids and, and, um, that's something I love. But but right now, you know, Raj, I just yeah. want to continue to do what I'm doing, the blessing I've been given, and hopefully that I can spread that blessing to our viewers and others. Aw. Well, um, let me just say that well, once again, it's it's such a treat to have you here. And you, you are the same person when I see you on the street as you are on the TV. You truly are an icon. And just be careful. All this football and, and road racing stuff. Road races. I'm going to tell, tell Michelle. On yeah, 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 tell Michelle. <laughs> she'll, she'll stop. She's going to be very angry with you. With all the because, hey, hey, Raj, just like you, whatever the girls tell us to do, we do, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but when, look, when I race the cars, mm-hmm. uh, I you know have all the racing equipment, the helmets. I have everything. and Full harnesses, roll cages. So, you know, and plus, here's the deal, Ross. Yeah, tell me. When I'm on the track, yeah. I am not Sebastian Vettel. 
right? <laughs> I don't I don't make a living uh, racing, so it's all for fun, and I never take it too seriously. Okay. And, and, and when you don't take it too seriously, you don't get yourself in trouble and you know run off the track or or flip the car. You know, you're just okay. I'm I'm not that good, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so and nobody's paying me to be here. As a matter of fact, I have to pay to go on this track. <laughs> <laughs> and so that way it's you you stay safer well anyways dallas thank you so much for being on the dr raj podcast today oh, i'll good. give you a hug when i see you you're the best yeah i can't wait to see you thank you for having me raj thank you and everyone i hope you enjoy today's dr raj podcast i told you it would be awesome and special and stay tuned for the next episode thanks for listening this has been a production of ars longa media Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis.